When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Peak Pinnell, and as always, I'm joined by my intangible co-host Tempest, the wrestler. I am indeed Tempest. I'm a sleepy want, Tempest today. You're a, a, <laughs> yeah, a tired Tempest today, and I'm uh, I'm a tired Pete. So today we're just going to be God. This is going to be. I get the feeling that this podcast coming up might be like a delirious stupid episode possibly uh quite possible see i'm I'm glad i'm going to be mostly positive about this show i really didn't Mm. have very many negatives because it tends to be when i'm negative about things is when i kind of lose my mind yeah as we've seen over the last week or so so maybe not but again a little little sleep deprived so Mm -hmm. still early yeah i i feel that um I mean, to, to be fair, though, my tiredness is kind of my own fault because it's not really from lack of sleep. It's from the fact that I've been going back to the gym. So my body is just like, you're using so much energy to sleep. And it's like, no, I just need to get used to actually expending energy and not just mm-hmm. sitting at my desk all day. Um, so it's just it's just getting used to that. And it's it's not yet. And it, it's throwing me through a loop. Um, anyway, let's talk about NXT, um, where firstly going to be talking about uh the start of or a complete face turn for cameron grimes which i thought was really really cool let's talk about it anyway let's talk about this cameron grimes stuff because i thought it was bloody brilliant because we had the million dollar face-off that's been the build-up to this whole Cameron Grimes, Ted DiBiase angle that's been going on for a while where Ted DiBiase has just been undermining Grimes left, right, and center. Everything that Grimes wants to spend money on, DiBiase does it first or does it better. Um, He's bought out VIP clubs. He bought a more expensive watch. He bought a house uh, for $20 million. Uh, 
Sure. Pocket change. Uh, yeah, pocket change for the <laughs> million dollar man. Not not billion dollar man. Million dollar man. Sure, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, they had the, the big combination for this. Cameron Grimes comes out and immediately before he can start talking, Ted DiBiase's music hit and he comes out just to undermine him a little bit more. Love that. And you had a very kind of, in a comedic way, a very kind of sincere, heartfelt promo from Cameron Grimes. It was still very funny, but you did also go, oh, at the end of it, with him just being like, you know, I, I, I really look up to you, Ted. You know, I, I was kind of basing what I did off you. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's true what they say. You shouldn't meet your idols. And I was like, mm. oh, Cameron, <laughs> my baby. <laughs> <laughs> It's very, it felt very, so very genuine, well right? Yeah, yeah. It, like it was still stupid and still comedic, but also genuine and heartfelt at the same time. Yeah, I thought this was a this was wonderful. Um, and and DiBiase says back, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, they're gonna they're gonna go together." Ted DiBiase being like, "You know, I see a lot of a, a lot of me and you, kid, and uh, you know, there's a reason I've been putting you through all, all this, and it's not just about all the money, you know." Sometimes it's about getting it done in the ring. And since you've become rich, you've lost your focus. Uh, and I was like, yes, DBS is going to join up. He's going to be a manager with Cameron Grimes. And then Grimes is going to get really good. And he's going to maybe go for the North American Championship or something. And he's going to win it. And it's going to be great. It's going to be really like, yeah, we did this whole journey together. It's going to be awesome. LA Knight interrupts. Um... And, you know, I've not been super into LA Knight since he debuted in NXT, but I thought he did a really good job here. Um, His promos are his strong suit, obviously. And I thought he cut a really good one here. And I quite liked that he was saying, like, look, if you're looking to someone to continue on the million dollar legacy, this guy right here, I've got all the... He didn't say this, but he's got all the intangible assets necessary uh, to... um, to, to continue it on and you know this is a million dollar opportunity and all that stuff and dibiase was saying yeah you are you are pretty good you know i've, I've heard of you i know that you're you've been doing it r- pretty well around around the world and here kind of thing and then cameron grimes gets frustrated he's like hey this was the million dollar face-off between millionaires right here um so why do, why don't you just get out my ring and he said uh, <laughs> i need you to get out my ring or i'm gonna kick your ass to the moon and the crowd there was super into cameron grimes on this segment and they kept saying to the moon across them and like chanting to the moon to the moon which i love cameron grimes is such a genuine baby face i don't know how they've managed that from him being an a-hole with money yeah. how they made him a baby face out of this i don't know but it's it's working somehow and then he turns his back on la night la night hits his finish on him dbrc then stands over grimes and says Never gonna learn, are you, kid? <laughs> but much, but much cooler, obviously, because he's Ted DiBiase, uh, and walks out kind of alongside LA Knight. I didn't get the vibe that they were necessarily like immediately together, kind of thing, but more it was just like, hey, I I appreciate you, LA Knight. You're pretty cool. And LA Knight's like, hey, yeah, you're also pretty cool, my dude. Um, so now Grimes has to like fight LA Knight for the the what's the word I'm looking for for the attention of ted dibiase i'm into it i love it grimes came off so sympathetic in this in this segment and even though he literally said at the start in his promo he's like i get to be a knob to people with money and i can make them do what i want because i have a lot of money and people were like yeah oh grimes (laughs) 
it doesn't make any sense, but it just works. All right. I love this. So I have thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts about this because I really enjoyed this segment as well. First of all, it's amazing to see a WWE product treat a legend perfectly in this Mm -hmm. segment. Yep. And really throughout this whole running storyline that we've got here between Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase. Because when was the last time we saw a, a legend used properly in WWE? Like, they all just come back. They get humiliated. They're all like, oh, I'm old and not a wrestler anymore. And they wander off as Randy Orton says something mean to them or something. Sure. This this is like perfect 101 using your legend to benefit someone bring someone up to their level and then give them something to do going forward. Like this is just mm, so good. And it's the million dollar man and he's great on promos. And you got Cameron Grimes, who's really like charismatic and good on promos. And then you've got LA Knight, who's also a really good promo. And you have three guys who are all really good at promos, having a really good promo segment. So like, mm, so good. Additionally, this is how you get a guy over as a baby face that was a heel. Because it's not just, oh, we're going to switch him he- or switch him baby face and people might go with it, might not. It's because he was so entertaining. Like, he's been one of the most entertaining guys on the whole show for, like, the last two or three months, if not longer. And now people want to cheer for him. Because everyone was watching his segments and going, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. He's losing his mind over Ted DiBiase again. Ah, that's, that's, that's funny. What a funny man. And now he comes out here and he's all genuine. It's like, really, really hurting my feelings, Ted. You were, you were my hero. Everyone's like, oh, 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 sweet camera Grimes. <laughs> they're there. They're there, my boy. So it's really good to see. Cause for so, so long, WWE had such a problem with trying to get people over as baby faces. Mm-hmm. but to me it's always like just have them be a good entertaining heel and eventually you'll get there you don't need to force anything because this to me feels like a natural babyface turn you know because the fans are into it you're not telling the fans hey you need to cheer this guy now it's his turn to be cheered it's just they want to cheer him because he's entertaining so that's that's another a plus another a plus right there i'm really into all this though Mm-hmm. I'm really into this going forward. Yeah. Cameron Grimes, been a big fan of him for a while now. Haven't been super hot on LA Night, but I think this is a good pairing for him. I'm always happy to see more Ted DiBiase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is really good stuff, guys. It's I'm really it's, looking forward to it. It's just gonna be a lot of fun. And I don't know whether that's gonna be like a takeover match of um Grimes versus Knight. I don't know if I'd have it on takeover. I don't know if it's at that kind of level yet but it could totally get there um in in time for it um and i i don't know whether they're going to keep doing it's probably just the mania special that was the the stand deliver that was the two night takeover so i think they're just doing the one night aren't they uh for this next one um but uh yeah whatever happens with it i i just want it to be grimes overcoming and going full-fledged baby face and still being a bit of a dick and him just being just being Cameron Grimes, and he comes out in the jacket and nothing else, and the hat, and just says his name for reasons unknown, and people will cheer that, and people will chant to the moon, and that's all he has to do. He doesn't have to change his character because people will still. I don't want him to come out and be like, "I'm doing this for the fans," because that's like, mm, 
That's not the Grimes yeah. character that we've fallen in love with. So I'm hoping they just keep Grimes as he is. But just fans will cheer him now because we've yeah. seen how entertaining he is. It's so funny to me because when I saw him do the rich gimmick when the whole GameStop stock thing was a joke mm-hmm. for a week, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's that's a funny joke for a week. And then it kept going and I was like, are you going to jump the shark with this? You know, mm-hmm. like it felt like that was the joke of the week last week and we're still here. We're still going with it. But he's totally made it work. You know, to, to see something that essentially could have been just a throwaway joke for one week turn into a feud with Hall of Famer Ted DiBiase is incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so wild. And also, I forgot to mention this in the written review, but I laughed really hard when Ted DiBiase came out and was like, I've been looking for someone to carry the mantle of the million dollar man. And I was like, how about your son, the other Ted DiBiase? <laughs> That we've all just completely forgotten about. <laughs> Who held the million dollar title <laughs> and walked around with a song that was priceless. And then it was, I come from money. Well, he's just gone now. We ne- he never happened. Forget about legacy. It's all about oh, Cameron Grimes. That's hilarious. You know what? You say everyone forgot about him. I sure did. Um, yep. Oh, goodness me. Uh, yeah. Also, what do you think then? Of this feud being for the million dollar title, I what do you totally think? Totally see that. I see that happening. Like, not even a question. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not super surprised that the belt didn't come out this week, but I think it could have. Like, I was kind of waiting. I was like, are they going to bring out the million dollar title at the end of this segment and give it to one of them? And it didn't happen. I was like, okay, well, we'll get there. We'll get there yeah. for sure. You know, yeah. week. Two weeks, takeover, doesn't matter. That's the direction we're headed. I think LA Knight's going to look really good with a million-dollar title, honestly. Oof, man, I don't want Knight to win this. I want Grimes to win this feud. I feel like well, he I needs think, to that feel-good moment. I think, I think Ted gives him the million-dollar title. Ooh, okay. Because okay. that's his guy. Yeah. It's not a real championship, of course. Gotcha. You know? yeah. And then Cameron Grimes has to be like, no, that is my title because I'm the new million-dollar man. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the moon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, I li- I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. If he gets gifted it and then they fight for it and Grimes wins, I'm I'm I'd be all over that. That'd be great. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> Let's get into your uh, Ultra Chats. Uh, Rustlestalk.com forward slash support is the link to do it. Uh, the link is on the screen if you want to get your Ultra Chats in. We'll go through all your messages before the uh, the show ends. Um, Charles Berg says, uh, seeing Mercedes Martinez be a badass has maybe come up with a theory. What if Retribution was actually an elaborate VMAC test, where the wrestlers would only have a chance of succeeding if they decided not to join the group and burial if you said yes? You know, Vince McMahon's crazy. I don't think he's that crazy, right? Uh, right. Not Vince McMahon. Th- not that crazy. Uh, that's yeah. a crazy statement. Vince yeah, McMahon, that's as good a theory as I've heard for anything involving retribution. Did they get a win after they de- after their debut? They may have gotten like one. I, I get the feeling Mustafa Ali won once, maybe. Sure. Have any of the the multiple Bane costume wearing people won a match at any point? I feel like T-Bar might have won once. Maybe against Ricochet or something like Mm. that? That, I don't know. That's Dijak, right? Dijak was T-Bar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've tried so hard just to put all this out of my mind. This is an NXT podcast, not a Raw podcast. Yeah, I don't get paid to think about Retribution. God, I'm so glad that she didn't that she left it though, um, Mercedes Martinez. Um, yeah, she really dodged a bullet with that one. Mm-hmm, I mean, she hasn't yeah. done like a whole lot since, but she's been she's been around. She's been near the top of the women's division yeah. in that kind of like helping further other champions along kind of role. And as someone who is a veteran of the indie scene and is now in NXT, I think that's perfect role for Mercedes Martinez. Absolutely. I think she she had something at the very least. She's not like she's just there taking up space. She absolutely had something to the women's division. She's not so, Tony yeah. Storm. Just losing all yeah. the time. Yeah. Hey, she won last week. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Week before, whenever it was. Um, yeah. Alan Monson says, Hi, LIW. With Hit Row going for gold, do you see Swerve as the next North American champion? I think it'd be a great way to build him up as a potential NXT champion challenger for uh, slash challenger for next year. Also, best of luck for the Quizzle Mania tag team titles. Hashtag LIW for life. Uh, I would love to see Swerve as the North American champion. Um, I don't want him to win it right now uh, because I want Bronson Reed to hold it for a little bit. Uh, but I would love to see Swerve as the next North American champion. Yes. Here, here is what I would like to see. Hit me with I want to see a three-way match for the North American title 
Bronson Reed, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and uh, who is the last person? Uh, Santos Escobar. Ooh, I, want shot, a th- yeah. I want a three-way match for the NXT North American title where Swerve does not win or get pinned. I want to see him win the NXT championship. Oof. Have him go through the NXT North American title without winning it and just go like straight to the main event scene. Oh my god. Timing is weird because everyone's a new champion right now. So taking the mm-hmm. title off of anybody is like feels like they're pulling the trigger quick. But man, he is just the total package. And I love Isaiah Swerve Scott. I want to see him with all the titles. Have him be the tag team champion too. I don't care. <laughs> all the belts. I mean, we'll talk about the hit row promo later. Uh, but them basically calling out every single champion in NXT, I was like, yes, this is exactly yep. what they should be doing. This is perfect. Um, I'm I'm very excited to see what they do and where they go next, because I genuinely don't know. And I'm excited for whatever they do. Yeah, um, yeah I'm 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 very pumped. Uh yeah. Uh we'll do we'll do one more ultra chat before we uh get out of here. Um <laughs> I don't know what this is in reference to, but Dartrain24 just says, Tempest, you mean to tell me Ric Flair wasn't used perfectly with Lacey Evans? In all seriousness, do you guys consider Edge a legend that helped put the Tribal Chief character over? Well, this is in reference to me saying WWE doesn't use their doesn't legends, use legends properly. Right. Uh, yeah. In reference to Ted DiBiase, of course. Uh, no, I don't think Ric Flair was used properly. That's that's the first thing. I don't want to see Ric Flair and Lacey Evans possibly have a child together. um that being said i find it to be a weird kind of middle ground when a guy like edge comes back and is like not a full-time performer but he is like a member of the roster now so i don't necessarily in that sense call him like a legend i would call him a legend in the general sense of the word but as far as being like a wwe legend i don't think he fits like that criteria in terms of his actual usage. I think they've done a very good job with edge. And I think his WrestleMania match with Roman Reigns helped just further the storyline, have a great match, help Roman Reigns, the whole deal. Very good stuff. But I'm talking more about like guys coming back for the legend shows and just kind of being inserted into storylines to move things along and being treated properly. For now, let's get on to talking about the rest of NXT, um, where the show itself started off with a big kind of like little hype package. And then they had um, the three commentators standing out by ringside saying what's coming up on the show tonight. Really like that they do that. I like it when um, AEW does it on Dynamite as well, when they start off the show just being like, here's all the things coming tonight. Just so yes. you know, um, really like you know when shows great. do that. They've been promoting their shows, so we know what's going to be on the shows beforehand. Yeah. Let's Isn't it keep wild? doing it. Let's yeah. keep doing it. It's been it's happening the since TakeOver, and it's amazing. It's so simple to keep doing it. Yep, 100%. So we knew we were getting Cross versus Balor 2 tonight. Uh, we were getting uh, Bobby Fish versus Pete Dunne, which is great. You know, Bobby Fish's big return um, in, in a singles match, no less. Um, the debut of Frankie Monet, and then the opening match, which was Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Um, I thought this was a decent little match. Um, nothing too fancy or special, but it was it did what it needed to do. And uh, eventually, Ember and Shotzi got the win after the commentators called it an eclipse. It was a stunner. Just a gonna stunner. throw it out there. It was a stunner. 
um after yeah um raquel went for the the big powerbomb thing that they got um uh uh ember kind of turned around into a into a stunner which the commentary yeah. team were like eclipse mm-hmm. it's not but nice try um and then uh raquel went out the ring and they hit their double team finisher on two dakota kai and they managed to pick up the win so it makes a lot of sense dakota kai took the pin because raquel gonzalez um I don't know how I feel about Ember and Shotzi getting the win, honestly. I know they should, in theory, get the win because they're a tag team, but also Raquel and Dakota are technically a tag team who've been together for as long, and that tag team features the NXT Women's Champion, and I've seen Ember and Shotzi versus The Way 17 million times at this point. And they got yeah. Raquel's heat back by, by Raquel beating up Shotzi Blackheart after the bell, and she was saying that Ember Moon is next. Um... Uh, something felt a little yeah. bit off to me in this one i i don't know what it was but something felt a little bit off here yeah i I mean i thought the match itself was like a really solid opening match like you don't need mm. to do all the crazy stuff especially when you're saving that kind of uh that kind of energy for later in the show that being said i have been thinking the last little while that ember moon uh should probably be like the next challenger for raquel gonzalez just considering she hasn't really done anything of note since returning to nxt i don't really care about the nxt women's tag team titles i'll be honest but i really don't want to see ember and Shotzi go against the way again you know this was kind of set up as like well this will determine who the next challengers will be for the nxt women's tag team titles and i was like we've seen this match of the way against Shotzi and Ember so many times over the last couple months. And this is the problem when you don't have any tag teams. Like, you don't have any tag teams. You've got Raquel and Dakota, who at least were teasing dissension last week a little bit. And then you've got the former champions, and you've got the champions. I'm not going to count, like, Jesse Kamea and Aaliyah or Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter and stuff like that because they don't really count. They're so low on the totem pole that they just – they're not contenders. I need viable contenders for these titles if we're going to have these titles, and I don't think we have that. That's mm-hmm. really, like – that is one of the very few criticisms I had on this show. It's just like, ugh getting that match again hopefully this is like an injury angle sort of and you can take Shotzi off tv for a week we can focus on the singles match to at least break up the tag matches a little bit more i think it makes a lot of sense if you do ember versus um raquel as her next um challenger i think yeah that, that makes a lot of sense this would be a good way to set that up um and especially even if Shotzi's out for like a couple weeks. That's all the time yeah. you need to, to to at least set up the match. So even if Shanti's cleared, Ember's already got the singles match like kind of penciled in kind of thing for a couple weeks later or whatever, then that's still fine. Um so yeah, and then, yeah, I, I and then you could do Shotzi against Raquel after that. Yeah. You do totally. another singles match. Yeah. Good stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we then got a backstage promo from uh Champa and Thatcher, and I swear they must watch the NXT review because I've <laughs> yeah. literally said, when I look at Champa and Thatcher, I just want them to do that backstage promo that they once did, where Champa threw the chair and then Thatcher smiled at the camera. And they did exactly that on this show. Um, they cut out all the comedy that they've been doing with the whole Toothless Timmy and all the, the shoes off and all, and all that jazz. Cut out all of that. And they just cut a really badass promo from them in the backstage area, slightly like edited to look cooler, because that's what they do. Um saying that they weren't done with Grizzled Young Vets, 
And uh, yeah, Champa got fired up, threw the chair off. Thatcher smiled at the camera and then added a nice extra layer, I thought, because he got up, picked up his chair, threw it against the side and said he's going to enjoy breaking their limbs. I was like, this is what I want out of this team. Like them being serious, just badasses who want to fight and will just kill people is exactly what I want to see out of Champa and Thatcher. I thought this was a wonderful promo. As did I. It was a good time. I, I There was a moment during the promo segment where I would have like, if it had just cut when Ciampa got up, walked away and Thatcher just goes. Yeah. I thought that would have been like a really fun time to, to cut the promo. But, uh, but I mean, then we wouldn't have gotten a, a line about breaking people's limbs. Mm. Lovely baby face behavior. Yeah. But no, I mean, I genuinely, I genuinely feel that if these two are going to be a rough and tough baby face team, they're, they're doing a really solid job notwithstanding the match they had last week that I I uh, butted heads with some of our viewers about. But I was on that that show. This was on this show, and I liked it. Yes. I'm hoping this is a, a soft reset for them where they've just kind of cut all the comedy out and they're going to go and yeah. not be Toothless Timmy anymore. Would be ideal. Uh, we then got uh, Pete Dunne versus Bobby Fish. Very fun little match, this one. I thought this was a really good stuff because obviously this is Bobby Fish's big return match from TakeOver War Games all that time ago. Um, War Games. Uh, and I thought, I think we've said before, just like, you know, the, the potential of Bobby Fish in NXT, probably not that high. Like it might be as a singles competitor, like it might be around the North American title picture, maybe as a title holder for that, but probably not. Maybe Cruiserweight champion around that kind of area as well. So not like super high on the card, but he's got some some good legs in him to do like uh, f- like some really fun little matches. And this was an example of that, I thought. Um, really kind of showcasing why he's a, a very good wrestler and why he deserves to be part of like that whole Undisputed Era and all the hype for him with him being tag team champions with Kyle O'Reilly and all that jazz. I thought this was really, really good. Loads of really innovative um, offense from both of them. And at various points, it really felt like they were fighting. It like so many different points where it was just so like scrappy, but in a really good appealing way where it looked like they were legitimately trying to like force each other to the mat. And at various points, it was just like Pete, just hitting him in the back of the head. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can believe that that is what you would do if you were fighting right now, like legitimately. Um, and also I love the finish. It was a really cool, like submission sequence straight into a roll through into the bitter end. And I was like, that's smooth right there. That's that's yeah. I, I know things about smooth. And that was smooth right there. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. Um, my only issue with this was what happened after the match. But let's if you've got any thoughts on the match, we'll do that first. Yeah, I mean, I think you basically hit the nail right on the head. This was a very, very solid TV match. You know, if these two had a match on a takeover, I think they could absolutely like go into the next gear. But this mm-hmm. was a match that was perfectly fine just staying in second gear, you know. Uh, I watched this match and thought, man, I really like Bobby Fish. You know, I've I've seen him for years. I watched him live in Ring of Honor. The whole deal. Big fan of his. I've always kind of known that his ceiling was where it was. And to me, I talked about totem pole matches on the SmackDown podcast. This felt like another totem pole match where you just get the sense that like, well, Pete Dunne's here in their minds. Bobby Fish is here. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because you do need to establish kind of a hierarchy and a pecking order on the roster but 
The only gripe that I necessarily would have had with this is if they were going to just have Bobby Fish lose his match to Pete Dunne, I would have maybe liked to have seen him get a few wins beforehand. It's difficult mm-hmm. because Pete Dunne's being set up for the, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the triple threat number one contenders match, which we'll get to in a bit. But so there isn't necessarily as much time before takeover. But if they'd had the Oni Lorkin match before this and have him beat Oni Lorkin and maybe get like a warm up match in and be like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm back. I'm 100%. Pete Dunn, I'm coming for you. And then he loses. I think that would have maybe protected Bobby Fish a little bit more. But that being said, like you can't protect everyone in feuds like this. And Bobby Fish's ceiling is only so high. Yeah, I, I, I get your point. But I do like the fact that Bobby went straight for Pete Dunne and didn't have to go through obstacles to get there first. I think it, it makes sense for the character to just be like, cool, I'm back now. I can wrestle. I'm not done with you. I would like to fight you. Um, yeah, yeah may- maybe there's potential for Lorcan first. But I think if him if him kind of putting the blame on Pete Dunne and him being the reason for his injury, I don't know if it was in the in the match or whatever that actually did the spot that got him the injury, but... That that kind of him just being like, I'm not finished with Pete Dunne. I'm going to go straight for Pete Dunne. I think makes a lot of sense. You know what didn't make a lot of sense to me, though, was after the match, uh, Only Lorkin starts beating up Bobby Fish, uh, which looks like we're probably going to be getting a Bobby Fish um, Only Lorkin match after this. Cool. Sure. You know, when Kyle O'Reilly was getting beaten up and Bobby Fish came out mm. and saved him. Where was Kyle O'Reilly here? I, I know they're not a tag team anymore, but that was the whole point of Bobby Fish. He came out and he and he saved Kyle O'Reilly and was just like, hey. This isn't for you. This is because I have beef with those guys. But he did totally save him. And then this time, Fish gets beaten up. And Kyle O'Reilly's nowhere to be seen. So I'm not I'm not criticizing this yet. Because if this is part of a story, I would like to see that story play out. That would be great. I don't know if it is. That's my, my slight concern, is that I don't know if this is part of a story. And it might have just been a beatdown angle and they didn't think about it. Yeah, I... I was going to save uh, this point for later in the show where I just really like when baby faces all have each other's back, you mm. know, even if they don't necessarily have a whole lot to do with one another. I just like that. I like good versus bad in wrestling and just kind of like, I like all the heels being in, in one locker room and, and being chummy. And then the same thing with the baby faces. And we saw that later in the show, but this felt like a segment where Bobby fish very clearly has at least one friend on the roster. And the one friend didn't do anything on this show. So, like, what what were you doing there, Kyle? Could have at least paid him back for having your back, you know, a week or two ago. But eh, it's whatever. I think this is, like, a fairly small detail. But mm. I I definitely agree. And, I mean, I, I have faith in NXT. I'm sure that if, yeah. if this was intentional and they wanted to purposefully not have Kyle come out, I'm sure it will play out as part of a story at some point. And, and that's perfectly okay if this is part of a story. I just hope it is. That's all my concern mm-hmm. is that I don't know if it is or not. Um, got a quick recap of Bronson Reed winning the North American title. Then we had uh, Mercedes Martinez cut a little backstage promo uh, where she said that she didn't win last week, but she learned a lot and she's on her and she's on the road back to the title. I was like, man, why didn't Cesaro say that on SmackDown before he got attacked by Seth Rollins? That's the promo right there that Cesaro needed to say. Anyway, getting sidetracked. Um, I thought that's made a lot of sense. She didn't make any excuses for our loss. And then she said on the road back to the site, I was like, perfect, great. That makes perfect total sense for the motivation for the character. And then she walked off and then Boa was there. And I was like, what? Why is is Boa? Why is he creeping? Lurking. Boa, why are you creeping, buddy? Uh, 
it, it made sense later, but it was just funny just seeing him just kind of halfway in the doorway, just, <laughs> just looking <laughs> in his trench coat and his sunglasses. Oh, it was weird. Um, you know what this show needs? Mm. More stalkers. Yes, there aren't enough of them currently. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about the match now uh, of Mercedes Martinez versus Zayda Ramir. Not much to say. Mercedes Martinez won in a couple minutes with an air raid crash. Yeah. There you that's, go. That's about it. I, yep. This is another match where always seems to be in Zayda Ramir matches, but this is where I kind of feel like, yeah, still a little bit of a developmental show. You know, mm. I don't think Zeta Ramirez quite there yet. You know, a lot of uh, there were a few double clutch moments where like, this is your turn to hit me and you didn't hit me yet. So like mm-hmm. hit me, you know, which is like, yeah, it's it's, it's going to happen. So I don't want to I don't want to give them too much flack for stuff like this. But if we're going to review a show, I have to be like, eh, it's probably the weakest match on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then afterwards, all the lights cut out, and then there's smoke in the ring and all that jazz. And uh, we see um, Tian Sha. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, yeah. It came up on. I the... looked up the pronunciation for the good <laughs> for yeah. the written review. Very good. Uh, it comes up on like the side tron that they have. Uh, blow some smoke, and it comes back. And Mercedes Martinez music carries on playing, but she's been marked on her hand. Um, straight edge. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cool. Yeah, no, that works. I didn't think that uh, that Mercedes Martinez should be going back to the NXT Championship. I know that's what she said, but that's mm. what you have to say as yeah. someone who just lost a title match. I think going in the direction of facing Tian Sha, I think that's a much better direction for her. Yes. Sure, I'm on board. See where this goes. Yeah. Uh, then we got Hit Row. Did a promo. Yeah. 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 Love Hit Row. So cool. Uh, so so cool right they're they're just so cool so they cut a really good promo where they basically called out every single champion in nxt and just said hey we're gonna win all the titles if we want to because we're just that cool and you know what i believe them um yeah called out the north american called out the tag uh, tag champions called out cruiserweight called out the nxt and just said hey we can win whatever we want and we're going to, because we're really cool. Also, they said it much better than I just said it, because they like half wrap their lines sometimes as well. And that's really cool. It's just, they're just really cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to keep gushing about Hit Row without totally repeating myself every week, but this right. faction is just so cool. They mm-hmm. feel really authentic, yes. you know, like, and they could very easily be like four people playing their roles, which is what you do in wrestling. But you can definitely see that, like, if you put other people in this role, they probably wouldn't do as good of a job. Like these guys have all found their perfect spots on this show. I just want to see them succeed. And I'm not like, I'm not going to call anybody out, but I don't, I don't get how you don't like hit row, you know? Yeah. I've seen some people just being like, I just don't get it. And I know that's what people say to me about Dexter Loomis, but Mm -hmm. I don't know what there is to miss about Hit Row. Hit Row is just so good and they're so cool and so talented and they're all different. It's just uh, so good. Such a good faction. Yeah, so, so good. And I don't really know or care what direction they go in. Uh, They're saying that, you know, they got the tag titles down on lock, which 
yeah, makes perfect sense. I could totally see them going after MSK and all that jazz. Um, uh, calling out Kushida, um, Ashanti Adonis, saying that he's going to knock him so hard it'll send him back to the future. I was like, that's a, that's a good line. It's nice. a nice line. Love that. Um, and yeah, Swerve Saint, doesn't matter if it's the NXT or the NXT North American, he's going to go get a title. I was like, great. Uh, I don't know what BFAB is doing. Whether whether I don't know whether she's like, fully ready to be a singles wrestler and all that stuff, or maybe she's yeah. just going to be more of a managerial role right now. Um, I'm fine with either. Um, but yeah, I mean, because they didn't they didn't call out any, like Raquel Gonzalez or anything like that, which, you know, yeah. that's fine. If that, if that's not the role she's in, then that's not the role she's in. That's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, regardless, I, I, I genuinely don't know what direction they're going to go in, and I don't mind because all of them seem like good options right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Very excited. I- Love this. Um, we then got the million dollar face off that we mentioned before. Uh, then we had Indy Hartwell backstage uh, was running around looking for uh, looking for Dexter Loomis because she realized that he's still interested. But this came after last week when she said that she called him a loser and uh, he was the one who was doing a head massage to her. And then she uh, she found Everrise who got fired up because she was interrupting their show. And then Drake Maverick came in for some reason and said, Hey, uh, last time I saw him, he was in that room over there. So then she went into that room and there was a load of drawings and pictures and stuff of heartbreak and him saying that he was a loser and serial killer behavior. Yeah. He's going to murder you. Yeah. 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 Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's and then she runs off. And we didn't get any more index on the show. So that was that. <laughs> I like these these shows the best when Dexter Loomis isn't on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me. Like uh, yeah. it's it's fine. I oh, man, like Okay, I said before that like the index story was slowly chipping away at my resolve, and I was slowly getting on board with it. Less on board with it this week. I didn't. I didn't get this because it. It is. It's just creepy. It's not like cute. If it. The thing is, if he. If he'd have drawn a picture of him being heartbroken, one singular. And just left it in the room. And she came in and found it and went like, oh no, heartbroken. The fact it's plastered across all the walls. It's like, okay, he's a psycho. He's a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of behavior you would expect to see in the Omen. Put in the Bible pictures across the wall. If, like, I... No, 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 no. (laughs) CJ16, you don't understand Love Tempest? No, 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 no. You don't understand love. If that's what you think love is, you have a problem. <laughs> this isn't love. Listen, if I I love love. Terry loves love. <laughs> this is not love. Yeah. This is the kind of thing. This is the, the wall that you find in the basement of Ted Bundy after you find all the bodies. <laughs> God. he's kidnapped people on this show before he's put people in the trunks of cars and now you find his serial killer lair with a bunch of like if i saw this i wouldn't i would quit nxt yeah this (sighs) 
but if she likes them, it isn't creepy. It's endearing. Finding a serial killer's lair is not endearing in any way, shape, or form. If this was real life, she would have to go into like witness protection or something. Um, let's pretend that this is a flag. Mm-hmm. Big red flags. Big red, red flags, everybody. As yeah. It's not, not good. Not good behavior. Uh-uh. Sound the alarms. Goodness me. Listen, listen, guys. If you if you find a room in your partner's uh, basement somewhere and they've got pictures of bleeding hearts and a knife going into them, run! <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. It's just weird. <laughs> it's the only thing on this show that's like this. I know, yeah. Uh-oh. <clears throat> uh, Tempest, oh. you might want to might want to follow up on this one. Should I, I take I have down to my the, Tempest shrine? I have to see the shrine first. It might, I don't know. According to some of you people, it might just be endearing and charming. <laughs> just that voice was great. Uh, all right, up next, let's move on from this because this was like a minute and we've spoken about it for like seven. Uh, so let's move on from that. And we'll talk about the in-ring debut of uh, Frankie Monet. Uh, This has been hyped up for ages. Uh, And I thought this was a pretty nice debut. Uh, I thought she did really well, obviously, because she's great as Taya Valkyrie. We knew this. We know know she's a very good wrestler. Um, And uh, yeah, she had a pretty decent match against Cora Jade. She won with a glam slam. Um, I I liked that Beth Phoenix goes, oh, it looks familiar when she hit it. That's a good little line from that. And uh, yeah, and then she got the win. It was cool. Good little yep. ring debut. Got a character over. Good. I seem to notice that WWE and NXT um, do a much better job of debuting heel wrestlers than they do babyface mm. wrestlers. Yeah. Because they, in a, in a debut like this, if you're just going to have like a three minute debut match, you should get the majority of the offense to establish your character, get over your moves, and then look strong. But a lot of the time when they debut babyface wrestlers, it's just like they just have a back and forth match and they show that they can sell. That's not the point of the debut. You want to make them look like a star and not have them sell too much. So they do a very good job when it's a heel because they just go in and they just beat the babyface the whole time. And the babyface mm-hmm. might get a little bit of uh, a little bit of offense in, but not very much. And that was what this was to me. I really liked Frankie Monet's music. It's amazing. Yeah. We didn't talk about Bobby Fish's music, but oh my God. Oh, yeah generic rock theme number two this week I think we've got number might... two number six for kyle o'reilly and number nine for adam cole oh, i think i, I might prefer it slightly back. to kyle's music but it is slight sure. yeah like yeah. i can't wait for roddy strong to come back so we can get generic rock theme number 12 mm. yeah it's gonna be great not to bring I it back mean. to index or anything just want to bring this one up real quick i just can't tell thing. if you people hold are trolling on, me or not hold on just doesn't appreciate a classic Forbidden Lover storyline. Okay. You do know that you're not supposed to be rooting for Romeo and Juliet, right? You know that that's like, <laughs> that's really bad because they're wrong. You you know this, right? Like, he's... Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. It's not... That's not love. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it now. If you guys read Romeo and Juliet and gone, oh, that's a really cute story. <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> that's not the point of the story. 
You guys Sorry. ever notice that when they make the, the the documentaries and the biopics on people like Ted Bundy and then you watch American Psycho, those people aren't like the protagonist <laughs> of the story? God. <sighs> oh, this is good. Um anyway. Uh, oh no, Gregory Nelson, let's not. Nope. I hope not. Nope, that's not. Not no. like Romeo Juliet. That would be awful. Um. <clears throat> anyway, bringing it back to Frankie Monet. Yes. I don't know continue. if if the glam slam means that they're going to eventually have a Frankie Monet versus Beth Phoenix match, but I'd really like to see that match. That sounds like a lot of fun and a cool way to get Beth Phoenix into the ring on NXT, which we haven't seen before. Yeah. Don't know if that's the direction we're going, but I would like to see it. Yeah, and even if. It's not a even if it's not a way to get Beth Phoenix. I think her just using the glam slam, uh, the glam slam. Goodness me, the glam slam, glam, glam. <laughs> the glam clam is a. I just think it's a really cool move for her to have. Like it, it draws those parallels to Beth Phoenix without overtly saying she's Beth Phoenix because she's like yeah. big, strong, blonde woman. Um, so there's automatically going to be parallels between them. I think her using the glam slam is like okay, cool. That's a that's a nice move that everyone will recognize. And yeah, cool, like it. Yeah. Um. Good debut overall. We got a Grizzled Young Veterans promo. They're great. Um, saying that they're done with Thatcher and Champa, but they're not done with MSK. Um, and they want to come for the tag titles, uh, which probably means they're going to get beaten up by Champa and Thatcher. And Champa and Thatcher will force them to not be done with them. I'm, I'm all for it. And I, I, just, I just love um, Zach Gibson. Ju- when he says Grizzled and when he says soon to be, I'm like, yes! I love your promo style so much. Soon, soon to be. Yeah, we are it's such a grizzled young battle. <laughs> love it, love it so much. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't uh, mean to keep coming back to this, but I got to point out really quick. Okay, I'm sure, to, cool. I'm sure to some people they're protagonists. I don't want to talk to people who think that serial killers are protagonists. Yeah. No offense if that's you, but please don't come up to me in person. Yeah, that would be ideal. Um, God, this uh, this NXT review has gone off the rails. Uh, yeah. We then got a promo from Walter, uh, who was inspiring Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner after Alexander Wolfe was removed from Imperium and also fired. Um, you know how we were talking about what his story could be for Alexander Wolfe? Hmm, <laughs> bit awkward now. Um, yeah. But uh, him saying, you know, you re- you've, you've lost focus, you're ready to get better than ever, you need to go get the NXT tag titles again. Matt Sacred, all that jazz. Um, yeah. Uh, this was good. Good stuff. Yep. Love yeah. Walter. Yep. And I, I'm all for Imperium becoming super awesome again and, and just adding another tag team into that into that mix because we've got a few of them circulating right now. Solid mm-hmm. little tag division that's brewing. Get them, uh, elevate them up. Great. I'm all for it. Um, we then got Bronson Reed, who came out. Cut a classic babyface promo uh, after winning the North American Championship last week, just saying you need to believe in yourself. And look, this is proof that anyone could do what you want to do. Just got to put in the work and you'll get there eventually. It took him 14 years to get the North American title. And he says, if there's anyone in the locker room, you thought I had a hell of a mountain to climb. Well, you've got a colossal mountain to climb. Excuse me. And then... Interestingly, Santos Escobar came out with uh, Legado del Fantasma, and he says that he had his eye on the North American Championship and that it represents Mexico, so it belongs to him. There was a really weird bit of comedy in the middle of this, which I didn't like, 
of um who was it was it whacking wild i think kind of just came out next to me said but what about canada and he said canada doesn't count i told you this and then we're back to his promo i was like why did you why this is there are no canadians in this program no why are you taking shots I, it whatever. was weird. It was just very strange for him to just yeah. call out Canada. It was like, uh, Canada doesn't count. I was like, like who? Wh- like, why? There's only Who's like two for? Canadians on this show. And I don't yeah. think Kyle O'Reilly is coming in to, to beat up Santos Escobar over it. <laughs> just a very strange line. And it was delivered like a comedy line as well. Of him just being like, what about Canada? And it's like, someone watched what? South Park. Yeah. <laughs> Blame like, Canada. Well, all right. Um, but, then he, but I did like him saying, like, hey, that represent that title represents Mexico as well, which means it yeah. belongs to me. Um, and him saying that he wants to have the, the North American Championship. But before they can do a proper beatdown onto Bronson Reed, out comes MSK uh, to save Reed from a beatdown before it happens. Thought this was good. Yes. I once again had a number of thoughts about this. One, I kind of thought the Bronson Reed promo was kind of like basic. Like it was very by the books and like believe in yourself, chase your dreams, become a champion. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's good tried and true material. Um, but I mean, it didn't, it didn't light my world on fire or anything. And I saw some people on uh, Twitter talking about how they didn't like that Santos Escobar was uh, getting at least positioned for a championship match after having lost the cruiserweight title. And then his rematch. I don't know if I'm just trying to, make this work in my head because I enjoyed it, but I liked this and I'll tell you why, because when I thought that the intercontinental championship was actually at its peak, like in the eighties and nineties, when you lost that, you move up the card. And to me, this is what, like an example of that, where if, if he is going to be portrayed as a star coming out of a championship reign, that was really successful. You need to make it, make it mean something. And you make a title match and a title run like that means something by having him move up the card afterwards. Maybe you need to explain that and just being like, you know what? You may have just lost the title, but the last nine months of you being champion isn't just disregarded because of that. And you are still being rewarded for a very good, a very, very good run by now. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. You are higher in, if this is the AEW rankings, higher in the rankings than if you're just like, oh, I'm just going into a new division. And this is a blank slate. I don't think it should be treated like a blank slate, you know, because his work as Cruiserweight Champion was really, really good. It was really, really good. I agree. And I thought it was a nice, it was someone that I didn't expect to come out to answer Bronson Reed saying that. And I'm I'm really interested to see what Santos Escobar uh, does. I'm curious to see what a matchup between those two would look like. Because I think that could be a really mm. interesting um, mix of styles and stuff like that. That would be really interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all on board for this. Also, just want to point out this one. Don't understand love or comedy. I understand comedy. And it was a funny line. Why was it in the middle of a Santos Escobar promo? Doesn't fit yeah. their characters. That's what I'm saying. I love when people are like, you don't understand comedy. When it's like, <laughs> do you understand comedy? <laughs> Set up, pay off, the whole deal. Yeah. Missing a good chunk of that in this uh, yeah. this, this joke here. See, oh, when man. Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase come out, we laugh. Yeah. It's good comedy. Because it's, it's comedy. And it's supposed yeah. to be comedy. And it fits. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. This was also the segment, uh, just before we move on, this was also yes. the segment I was going to bring up earlier in the show with MSK coming out to make the save for uh, Bronson Reed. Of course, MSK is feuding with Legato Del Fantasma, so there is that connection there. But I really do like, like, got your back, man. Good guys. Same team. Yeah. Like that. I also, I also like that they really just don't like Legato Del Fantasma. So it doesn't matter who they're facing, they will always come out and just save them from them, in particular, yeah. uh, which is cool. Um, we then got confirmation of Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne versus Johnny Gargano for the number one contendership match for the NXT Championship next week. I don't know if anyone online was upset that Johnny Gargano was in the number one contendership match. I didn't see any backlash to it. But hey, he lost the North American title, and now he's in a number one contendership match for the NXT Championship. And it makes sense. Yeah. I Yeah. He's, he's, he was a great North American champion, previous NXT champion. Like, he, he fits in this in this mix. Cool. I'm really interested to see that match. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, a little disappointed that we're not we're seemingly not getting the the six pack mm. challenge idea that we'd been theorizing, but that's just because I wanted to be right. I think this match is going to be great, and whoever wins is going to have a really good match with uh, with Karrion Cross. Yeah, I know we've been really like bringing up all the messages from the chat today. Um, I'm just going to do one more. I'm confused by this message. Pete's the funniest man ever. He laughs at everything. <laughs> that doesn't make me the funniest man ever. That makes me the, the, the biggest recipient of, of funny, I guess. The biggest recipient of funny. Yeah. That's your that's intangible me. for the day, Pete. <laughs> you are the biggest intangible. recipient of funny. <laughs> Speaking of intangible. Oh, I was just about to say it. I was just about to say it, Tempest. Come We're on. We're here. Oh, we got oh, a t-shirt because of this stupid NXT crap. Let's go. Okay, Cross versus Balor. Oh. The NXT Championship main event. Uh, intangibles are back, everyone. They bring him out for There's the big so title many. Each of them got four intangibles, Tempest. So many of them. Okay, I'm just going to clarify. For people watching for the first time, because when we brought up intangibles before, people are like, what are intangibles? So I'm just going to clarify. They bring up little stats to be like, you know, their previous accomplishments in NXT. Like when they introduce them in the ring and they say the title matches for the NXT Championship, introducing the challenger from Bray County, Whitlow Island, <coughs> is Finn Balor. And it has like his, his weight and his height and previous accomplishments, you know, first ever Universal Champion, previous two-time NXT Champion. And then they have intangibles right in there that says they're like intangible assets that make them a good wrestler. They got four each. Four each. Okay. I, they must watch this podcast. They don't. They they, they that would be to, such a right? great explanation for this. Right? So, Finn Balor's ones. Ruthless. Agility. Enduring stamina. As opposed to a different kind of stamina. As opposed and... to endurance or stamina. <laughs> enduring stamina. He basically had five intangibles. And ring IQ. Okay, ring IQ I can buy, agility I can buy, ruthless, sure, I can buy it. Enduring stamina is the one that really got me. Goodness uh, me. That's oof. Not man. ruthlessness. Ruthless. Ruthless. Not agile. Agility. Agility, yeah. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Noun or uh. adjective. Speaking of nouns or adjectives. This he's not one. cold-blooded anymore, by the way. He's not cold-blooded. No, he's that. not cold-blooded anymore. No, he's ruthless now. It's different. Um, speaking of stuff that doesn't make sense, here we go with carrying crosses. These ones are brilliant. Here we go. <clears throat> <sighs> 
So he's changed now. He's not a dominant striker anymore. No. He's an intense striker. Whatever that, that means. Is the difference between <laughs> dominant and intense. <laughs> he's not dominant when he hits them. He just hits them really intensely. That's that's is the that not worse? Yes. That's worse. Yes. Yes, yes, it is. Also, okay, so intense striker. Yep. Judo grappler. Sure. Sure. Presence. <laughs> He's here. He's standing in the ring. And that makes him a better wrestler. I mean, I guess they're not wrong. I guess you would be a worse wrestler if you were just not present. (laughs) Do they just go on dictionary.com and look up adjectives? Genuinely. Like, surely they could have put dominating presence as a thing. (laughs) Because that, that is an actual thing. You know, it might not be an actual proper, you know, intangible as why you're a good wrestler or whatever, but at least it's actually a thing that exists. No, they have presence and then they have dominating. What? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) My God, he's not dominant. Dominating is doing the act of dominating. Yeah. And, it, oh my and God. to clarify, there was definitely a comma between presence and dominating. Those are two separate intangibles for that. Oh my goodness. Um, I really, really want John Cena. It'll never happen. I really want John Cena at one point to come down to NXT for a title match. Mm-hmm. So his intangibles can be ruthless and aggression. <laughs> the ultimate callback. No, 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 no. Ruthlessness no, no. and aggressiveness. <laughs> No, no, no. It, yeah, it would be ruthless and aggressive. It would be, <laughs> would be his things. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. Because I couldn't even get that right. Oh my god. Um, God, these intangibles are so stupid. I love them so much. Please never get rid of them. NXT. They're genuinely oh, sure. one of my favorite parts of the show, and also we got merch off it. So thanks. Um. Anyway, the match itself. The actual important bit about this is the actual match for the NXT title. Um, oh, this is a really, really good match. Um, awesome. Obviously, they're both fantastic wrestlers. They have great chemistry. We've seen it before. Um, I, I, one of my first notes for this match, I think this is a combination of probably what it is in reality and also just really like fine line selling from Karrion Cross. in that Cross feels very dense. Like his muscle mass feels very dense. He just feels like it because he's not like, you know, he doesn't have a rippling 12 pack like Bala does or anything like that. He's a bit kind of bulky. He's not like super duper defined, but you can see he's in really, really good shape. But it was like when Bala was hitting him, there was like no movement from his muscles at all. It was just and that was it. There's just no like shake or anything. It's just dense. It's it's really cool. Uh, It's it's a really unique like um, body shape and and. And uh, I, I guess he's, he's just got a presence, you know, <laughs> a dominating presence. <laughs> Don't make them right, Pete. <laughs> it was um, anyway, uh, which I think would lead to a really cool um, dynamic between the two. That's and point, it was Rhea. a great match. <laughs> that, that's, huh? his, that's his intangible. He's dense. His density. <laughs> dense. <laughs> oh, man. Goodness me. Yeah. I really um, like this match, though. 
Yeah, yeah, really, really fun match. Loads of really cool spots in it. Really nice, like, unique uh, stuff from Bala, like, escaping out of various uh, moves here and there to get out of it, like, trapping him in the apron and stuff like that and hitting the penalty kick afterwards. I really love the near pass-out spot from Cross, where Bala got in the choke, and Cross was on the verge of passing out. I was like, wait, has Bala yeah. won? I was like, no way, no way he's made Cross pass out to the point where his arm was like proper, like loose, like the ref was checking to see if his arm was going to drop. His arm dropped, but as the ref walked away to call for the bell, Cross literally grabbed the referee's hand to stop him doing it and like pulled himself up out of it. I was like, that is a beautiful spot. Really, really well done um, from them. <laughs> and Bowler passed out in the end, carrying Cross one with the, uh, with the, the, the thing the stuff yeah the choke god nailed it we're both very tired guys yeah we were worried about how this podcast was going it's gone off the rails a couple of times yeah, yeah i yes. i thought uh this going into it i didn't think this was going to be like a takeover main event match i thought this was going to be a nxt tv main event match which mm. would still be very good but i didn't think they would cross that next level and by the end i thought they did you know, I thought that when uh, Cross hit the Saito suplex and set up for the, you know, running forearm strike to the back of the head, that that would just be it. And it would intense be a good match. Striker. He's an intense striker, not a dominant striker. striker. He's an no, intense striker. Intense. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, like I thought that was going to be the end of the match and I would have been like, good match, really fun show, enjoyed it a lot. But then it kept going. And that like mm -hmm. last five minutes of the match really hooked me like. I had the the hockey game on my computer while I was watching this because uh, go Leafs go. So this was a moment where I was like, "Don't care about hockey. I am locked into this match right now." And it was good stuff. I really enjoyed it. And I said in the written review that we got uh, Cross looking really dominant, but also making Balor look effective. And it was. They walked the line at certain points because like Balor hit the kick and the tope to the outside and Cross just kind of like popped up and hit a suplex on the outside. But there were still times where like Balor had Cross on the ropes. And if this was just a match where Cross got all the offense and dominated and won, I think that would have devalued Balor just a little bit. But they didn't do that. And they had a really good back and forth match. I really enjoyed it. This is the kind of match I want to see out of Karrion Cross. Yeah, 100%. I think this is one of the best matches he's had in NXT thus far, yeah. I thought. Um, really, really good stuff all in all. Um, so that was the show overall. Uh, I know you gave it a 5 out of 5 in the edited review. I probably would have gone with a 4, just because for me, like as much as I, I really enjoyed the main event, I thought it was really, really good. Um, a lot of the show I thought was like, good, solid stuff. There was nothing overtly wrong with it. I just think I needed like a bit more just like, this was one of the best things this is like amazing i can't wait to see more of this blah, blah. and the stuff that was like that for me was like the hit row promo which takes up like a minute mm -hmm. like the cameron graham stuff i was super into but not like super over the moon about and i think nxt's put on maybe better main events it, even in recent weeks like I, I think i preferred um like kushida escobar and stuff like that to this match so it's like eh, this was all really good just not like amazing good for everything it was just very very solid stuff so i probably would have gone like a high four out of five rather than a five personally but i could totally see why you give it a five yeah i i just think like i was going for a four until the main event where the main event to me put it over the top and i didn't think that there was a bad segment on this show 
I had little nitpicky type things, but like very small mm-hmm. criticisms throughout. And when you have so little wrong with the show and then you have a really great main event, that was enough for me to say like, yeah, that's a five out of five show. Just uh, there are other shows. I think the one from like two weeks ago, I would say is like a better five out of five, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I think a this low past, five. <laughs> yeah, if that makes sense. A low perfect. A low yeah. perfect show. You know, it scores are stupid anyway. But yeah. I thought this passed the threshold of being like, you know what? That's probably the best show I'll see all week. Very good stuff. Uh, the intangible one, Ryan D. Bad, said, uh, A shame, seems I missed a great episode of NXT, but Sportsnet decided to air a crappy Leafs game instead of NXT. Go get them no, tag no, no, titles, no, no. LIW, hold on. P.S. My Jets will see you in the next round, Tempest. Incorrect, sir. Incorrect. Maybe for you, because if you're in Manitoba, then uh, maybe your channels were switched around. But they, yeah. Sportsnet, stop preempting NXT for hockey when you've got six channels sick of this that being said no it was the carolina nashville hockey game that was on sportsnet 360 and uh, made me watch nxt on a computer not not happy about that i i Uh, I feel for you yeah they're there they're there it's (laughs) an intense five not a dominant it's good stuff yeah man it's the cup go leafs go those are my boys. Yeah. Those are that's sure. an old poster. None of those guys sure. are on the team anymore. Sure is that cup. Yeah. The, this is a big deal, Pete. The, I will the, get the, the cup. I will do a I will do a podcast hammered at 10 a.m. if they win the cup. Be warned. Because okay. this is this is gonna be on you. Oh no. That's that's this not is good. gonna be for you to deal with. They're, they're uh, winning. They're winning the cup. Coming for you, Winnipeg. Winnipeg Jets, Jesse Pollock. You don't watch wrestling. You work for sports in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I see you. We're going to beat your ass. Sadie6969 Deegan <laughs> says, uh, well, if it isn't my favorite boys, uh, Hitro continues to rule as the baddest kids ever, but Johnny Cute Boy lost the NA title, then gets an NXT title shot. WTF, I am very confusion. I can't wait to see old draped in Quizzle Mania Gold. Hashtag LIW444 life. I think we kind of went into detail about this earlier, where it's like, if you have a really good championship run, lower on the card i do like to see like you lose the title and you get bumped up not to like you are the number one contender but at least contending for the number one contendership yeah 100 percent. yeah uh judas messiah says a uh, week two of your guys three week push just one week left and can't wait to you two get buried anyways i agree with one thing you dork said nxt does need more stalkers the great dexter will be the next nxt champ all of the show bye i'm not gonna rise to that very obvious bait yeah there you thanks go. for the money yeah appreciate i love when i love <laughs> when people pay to troll us yeah it's good keep doing it we appreciate yeah. it a lot um stuff. matt ralph says uh wednesday at three time to wind tempest up about dexter who do you guys think would be uh would be good to come back down to nxt and have a similar balor run for a year i think ricochet versus cross would be fun once he's finished stealing hats love you guys maybe he could steal cameron grimes's hat just lean into that gimmick who knows yeah, again, I'm not a big fan of people coming back to NXT. Yeah. Just in general. So it's not something that I'm like, oh, that guy would be really good to come back to NXT. And that guy would be really good to come back to NXT. But uh, 
Yeah. Ricochet sounds fun. I like that idea. Chad Gable. Mm. Let's put Chad Gable back on NXT and just have him be great. You know what you should do? Genuinely, I know this feels like this is probably under Gable. Have him come back and be Cruiserweight Champion and put on amazing matches week after week after week and just run through every good wrestler in NXT and just have great matches with Chad Gable every single week and everyone will love him by the end of it. I can guarantee you. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's kind of what I'm hoping to see uh, Kushida do as Cruiserweight Champion. He hasn't really wrestled too much the last few weeks, which is a little disappointing, but he did just have... Two weeks ago, uh, he had the two or three falls? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I think it was two weeks ago, which is very good. But I was like, oh, where's Kushida on this show? Uh, But yeah, a Cruiserweight title, that should just be like the new workhorse title, basically, to me. 100%. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, we've got one more here from Jay Gupta that says, uh, just here to wish my boys luck for tomorrow, today. Um, bring that championship to the Rebels. Also, Tempest, are you marked as well? Get out of that room before it's too late. Hashtag LIW for life. I think he's talking about the predictions that we're doing tomorrow. Yeah, the, that the also makes sense. Yep, yep. That's okay. We'll, we'll be Quizzlemania tag champions by then anyway. So we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, get, we'll get both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Quizomania tag champions, and we'll be uh, we'll be destroying them in predictions warfare tomorrow as well. Well, technically on Sunday, but we'll be doing the predicting tomorrow, and we'll make sure that we get the best predictions. Yeah, flawless. <laughs> I've got an email here for you, Tempest. I'm very excited. I think. I think. I, I think you will enjoy this one because this one comes in from Juan. Just says, Hola, mis amigos. Since you like dogs, I think it's time to introduce you to my 12-year-old dog, Larry. Oh, oh let's see Larry. Let's do it. Uh, share. Boom. Oh, Larry looks like such a good boy. Such a good boy. Oh, that face. It's almost oh. like a fox. Yeah, Almost. yeah, he's he's like slender, kinda. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's sleek. He's a good boy. Very Thanks. well groomed. Yeah, Thank very you, well groomed. Thank you, Juan, for that. That was great. Uh, yeah, we we love Larry. Uh, if if you guys want to send us more pictures of your dogs, we will not complain. Uh, because we both really really like dogs. Um. Also, if you guys want to email in, support at WrestleTalk.com is the place to do so. Uh, it would really help us out, so it gives us stuff to talk about. So on days like this, when we're both really tired and brains aren't functioning, we have stuff that can actually spark a conversation, uh, because otherwise we're going to struggle, because we've got one more email here, Tempest, and then we're going to be improvising, and that's <laughs> going to be awful. Um We've got one here from uh, Abby Gudimella, who says, Hey guys, uh, I finally finished my AP exams. I didn't really do as well as I wanted, but did exactly as bad as I expected. So I guess that's not the worst. If you guys don't really know what an AP exam is, it's an exam that you write for a university level course that you take in high school. If you do good enough on the exam, you don't have to take the course in university. Um, Thanks for keeping me somewhat sane during these past few weeks. Things haven't been the best with my mental health, and it means a lot to have lost intangibles by my side. Rooting for you guys to win the tag team Quizzle Mania. You're the baby faces in this story, like, I mean, false narrative created by Oliver, LIW's number one fan, Abby Unimella. Thank you very much for the email. And yeah, it's great that you finished your exams. Shame you didn't do as well as you wanted, but hey ho. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I did. 
I did something kind of similar when I was in high school. It wasn't like an exam for a university course, but I did a dual credit program where I did a college course while I was in uh, high school. Really don't know why I did it, to be honest. Didn't need to. Didn't really go towards my post-secondary education. So it was just kind of for uh, for a bit of fun. And I had a fairly good time. I got to talk about wrestling sometimes. Oh, that's good. Which, yeah. Yeah. Shocking, right? That Tempest the Wrestler talked about wrestling. Never would have guessed but, it. No, no, of course not. But yeah, we're uh we're on the road to Quizzlemania 35, where Oof. I will I will drag you, Pete, kicking and screaming to a Quizzlemania victory. Don't you shake your head at me. Hey man, I there's gonna be no dragging needed. I've uh, the, all the restraints that I've had on me have been taken away now. You know, I've always had someone pushing me down, and now I don't anymore. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. I'm gonna unlock this whole other side of me that I didn't know existed, and we're gonna we're gonna dominate. And we're gonna become Quizzlemania tag team champions. There's gonna be no there's gonna be no carrying needed on your part. It's gonna be great. Well, that's good now keep in mind i don't have any like prior knowledge as to what is going to be on this episode of Quizzlemania, mm. as far as rounds go but i'm a little bit concerned pete we've mm. been doing this podcast for a month and a half almost mm-hmm. two months now i'm worried that we still don't really know enough about each other's tastes if oh. it happens to come up that we need to do a marriage game or something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. where we need to really know our partners, I think we need okay. to go into this a little bit prepared. Okay. All right, let's do some let's do some quick fire stuff then. Okay. Um, so I would say favorite wrestler, I think that yours is Edge. That is a wise, a wise, uh, a wise assumption, yes. I did it. Okay, great. What's mine? I I don't even know my own, so good luck. See, that's that's a difficult thing. You need yeah. to be a bit more yeah, decisive yeah, yeah. here, Pete. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hmm. 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 Who? Who would my favorite wrestler be? Because it changes all the time. You see. Um. Okay. I've got. I've got one. Have, have a guess. Because I've. I've got one in my head now. As to who I would definitively say currently. Currently, I'm going to guess Roman Reigns. Oh, that. Mm. That's not the person I had in my head, but that's a very good shout. Because the person I had was Keith Lee, because he's the best. And Keith Lee's he amazing, is, and I love him. He is uh, the best. He it's it's weird, because I, I really like Roman Reigns. Like, really, really, really enjoy him. I think there's always some part of me that, like, will appreciate the guys that aren't at the top more. Because I'm like, oh, these guys deserve to have more. I want to get behind them more, kind of thing. As much as I love Reigns, he's, like, the guy. Um... So seeing people like Keith Lee, I'm like, oh, who could be at the top? Like, you know, I I loved, well, and still do, Drew McIntyre. Absolutely love that guy. But dude's been at the top in WWE Champion for like a year now. And I'm like, cool. I'm really glad that he's there. And that's amazing for him and all that stuff. But now I'm really getting behind like Keith Lee. I want him to get up and Damian Priest. And like, you know, I want all these guys that I really like to do really well. So I think it's, yeah, because Reigns is at the top, I don't feel as as strongly about him as I do as other people, as, as great as he is. Hmm. Yeah. Very, very, very interesting. I, I mean, I definitely understand that that thought process. Mm. It's, it's it tends to be a little bit more fun to to cheer for the chase of someone yeah. going for the top title. You know, like that's that's what we've been conditioned into really enjoying in uh, in WWE of late. But no, I I'm with you. I'm with you, yeah. Pete. Yeah. How how about as opposed to favorite wrestler, mm-hmm. who you consider to be the best wrestler? 
period, Ooh. ever, all time, all my life. All time best wrestler. All time best wrestler. This is the one where I've been going back and forth like every day for years now about who I think is the best wrestler of all time. But I think I've got it nailed down. So I'd like to hear your opinion. Okay. So for you, and I'm not just saying this because he's also Canadian, Bret Hart. Very well done, Pete. That's oh, my I'm guy. I'm so good at this game. See, maybe I should have a bit more faith in us <laughs> for our game later today. You see what I'm saying? No restraints on me. Unlocking a different side. Yeah, my problem is that I don't know my own feelings on wrestling. That's where we start to fall down. Well, we're um, 50% of the way there. Yeah, you it's know true. me. It's true. Yeah, I just but need I to, just, get to know you, and I, I, I need to, I need to know myself, Tempest. Um, right. I need to, I need to think. Who is the best wrestler of all time? And that's really interesting because what it de- depends on your definition of what you mean by wrestler. Do you just take into account like pure in-ring style or their character or how they connect with fans or like who's the the best wrestler mm, of all time? Of all time is a big question as well. Damn. Oh, man. Uh, I've got an answer. I've got an answer. God, because it could be anybody. It really could. It could be anybody. Because you're not like an Attitude Era person. Eh, so you're, you're yeah, you know... It's like if I was asking like Alex McCarthy or someone who's a little mm-hmm. bit older, it's like, oh yeah, the, the Rock or Steve it's Austin rock, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. For Pete Chopper, Chopper Pete. Let's go. Let's go with Shawn Michaels. You know, so close to picking Shawn Michaels. So close. Uh, Kurt Angle, I think. Ooh, that's yeah. a fun one. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think just because. Not only is he one of the best in-ring performers in ever, um, but also just his pure range of everything from just being, you know, pure wrestling machine, doing comedy and just getting over in so many different facets, his face, heel, like he does everything and does it amazingly well. Like, I think that's just complete package. Kurt Angle is, is the best. Package. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, if, he, if he had been in WWE at a higher position, I think it would be like he is in the same conversation as like Shawn Michaels as the best yeah. all around performer of all time. Yeah. Exactly, and I yeah. think, I think he is in like most educated fans minds mm. and like most, most people who watch enough wrestling to have seen Kurt Angle and really appreciate him. But it's just because he left WWE for like 10 years that yeah. they don't promote him the same way as they would promote Shawn Michaels. If that makes Absolutely. sense. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Okay. Least favorite wrestler of all time. Oh, see, this is one that changes every so often. If I just mm-hmm. see, like, it, it could be freaking Reginald every Friday uh, when I, <laughs> but my least fit. No, okay, I know, I, I know who my least favorite wrestler of all time is, and I don't think okay. it's going to be someone that you'll guess. I'll be honest. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that might have thrown thrown me through a loop here. Uh, great Carly. I don't know. It's not not the great Carly. While I don't, I'm not going to say that I'm a fan of the great Collie's work, <laughs> I, I will cut him some slack just for being massive. Now, my mm-hmm. least favorite wrestler of all time is Al Snow. Really? He is a guy where I look at him and I see his work. 
he just seems like the single most boring, <laughs> mildly talented wrestler. Like I've I've never seen an Al Snow match when I'm looking through a, a pay per view card and being like, gotta check that one out. That and take into account like a lot of his views on wrestling, and I'm just like, I just don't like you, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, as uh. There's a lot of, like, I don't want to start just burying a bunch of people, but there's a lot of people where I'm like, you trusted this guy to run developmental, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's Al Snow or Bill DeMott <laughs> or guys yeah. like that, where it was like, I don't recall ever seeing them have a good match. Mm. I don't recall ever seeing them have like really good promos and they got whack ass views. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You do. know? Yeah. So they, I don't know if that one will come up, but yeah. Whew. Yeah, Al yeah. Snow. Now, okay. What's mine? See, now I'm inclined to, to think of someone like more current. And I don't know. I don't know. Like the only person that really grinds your gears on these shows is Reginald. So I haven't gotten like a good window into what you really don't like. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to like just project and say like Baron Corbin or something. Um, mm-hmm. hmm. I'll say Baron Corbin just to get to the answer, but I'm not sure. It's Reginald. <laughs> oh, it's Reginald. Yeah. It's Damn, Reginald. I should, should have went with my gut. Oh, it's, such, it's the obvious answer. Ruins you mentioned every him segment. twice, and I was like, Tempest's right there. But it's right in front I, of me. I've never been so wound up by something as Reginald. And the thing is. It's not indicative of him because he can do some stuff. You've seen him do the flips and stuff and it looks pretty or whatever. It's indicative of his entire booking and how he just sucks everything out of every segment that he's involved in because the character sucks. Um, yeah, I've I've spoken about Reginald enough. How do we get onto Reginald on an NXT podcast? God, he, he, we're the, we're he finds his way into everything. Yeah. Okay. All right, okay. Let's... Okay. Favorite show of all time? Ooh, okay. Ooh, ooh. that's tough. Of all okay. time as well. Of all time. Oh, God, I've got. Uh, There's quite a few. There's a few going through my head currently. Yeah. See, it's it's tough. Like I can narrow it down to like my favorite show for like WWE, my favorite show for NXT, mm-hmm. my favorite show for for AEW, and my favorite show for like New Japan. Yeah. But picking one out of those. Yeah. All right. I think I've got it. I think I've got mine. Use use your noggin. I have also got mine. I. For you. I'm tempted. By NXT TakeOver Toronto. Just because you were there, and I think oh, that that adds to the uh, to the feeling of enjoying a show. So I think I'm, I'm going to go take over Toronto for that. That is a very good guess. That was a lot of fun show, but mm-hmm. I would have I would have to say my favorite show of all time is Dominion 2018. That makes with, a lot uh, of sense with Omega Okada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that's just the best the best block of time I've ever spent mm-hmm. watching wrestling. Was yeah, those matches. Oh, oh, Nelly. There were yeah. so many good matches on that show. I got to go back and rewatch it about a year ago for uh, Russell Talk Extra. Mm-hmm. Whew. Whew. <laughs> it's a good show, man. 
need a seg- uh, cigarette after that show. <laughs> but Takeover Toronto is, is up there, though. That that was a, a very fun mm-hmm. show to be at. I'll never I'll never forget that with the pop of uh, of DIY winning the tag titles. Oh, that's probably either first or second biggest pop I was ever there for live with the only other mm-hmm. one being uh, Nakamura winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Wait, you were there for Nakamura winning the Rumble? Oh, what a, I was, what a I was there for that show one. that was. God, it was. Show that was. It was so it was good. really weirdly blocked out. Because right? the men's Rumble that was like the best Rumble in years was like third match on the show, I want to say. <laughs> yeah. It's because Ronda debuted. So they needed yeah. that to go on last. Yeah. And for you, strange. quickly, mm. before we have to actually go live. Indeed. I will... See, I'm torn between two, whether I think it's and like your favorite or the two, best. There's two that are very close together, and I had to pick one of them. I'm going to go take over New Orleans. Absolutely correct. Yes. yes. 100%. I was torn between Orleans. that and Dallas, because I know how much you okay. love the, the Nakamura entrance mm. and debut. Yeah, right. not not quite Dallas, just because Dallas, I feel like it has Austin Aries versus Baron Corbin on it, which is like, yeah. mm. and you know, Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe was a really good main event, but it's not quite as good as some of the other like big blockbuster main events of other takeovers. Uh, the other one I was considering was Money in the Bank 2011, just for pure nostalgia, pure that was like me at my markiest mark level in wrestling, and that was like me just waving, uh, riding the entire wave of hype. That was at my absolute peak. Like this was when me and my best mate at the time we stayed up. We had school the next day and we didn't care. And we bought the pay per view to watch it live. And it was all like we were super into everything that happened. We were the ones that were chanting at home, going CM Punk, CM Punk the whole time. It's like I love it. It's such like a, a genuinely pure like memory of mine to do with wrestling. So that's that's got a very special place in my heart. That show. Um, but anyway, let's hope we can use that knowledge on Quizlemania later today. Uh, but that is going to do it for this episode of the NXT podcast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back with more. We've got Double or Nothing this weekend as well. There'll be a review of that on Monday too, uh, where Tempest and I are going to beat Luke and Ollie uh, for on the uh, on the live reactions as well. So that's uh, always good. Um, anyway, we need to go now. Bye. Thanks for listening. Love you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.